With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 381, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 26, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast on the old clubhouse there, uh, find us on the clubhouse if you're not using it. Start using it. Then you can hear the show live, raise your hand, do all the fun stuff that clubhouse does. Um, the club is the anarchist experience, or you can at me at riches for rich, R I C H E S number four, R I C H. And then when I open the room and start the show, you'll get the little boop, boop notifications that let you know that we are beginning. Uh, that being said, normally I'd say what is going on this week, MC. However, you made a comment right at the beginning before we hit the record button that we are going to explore, uh, as long as it takes. I want to say ever so briefly, but you know how that works here. Uh, so I, I was talking about, you know, like, what is the, what, what's the uh, topic du jour that every, like, every media outlet, major mainstream news is covering for the week? There's usually, like, one big thing, um, and last week there wasn't, uh, and this week there kind of wasn't either, except that Joe Biden has COVID, quadruple vaxxed, immunized, Whatever, you know, if you get the, the, the quote was, if you get the, the, you know, paraphrase was, if you get the vaccine, you won't get the virus. Joe Biden got the virus <clears throat> and admitted that he had cancer and everyone brushed that aside. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's, it's why we all got cancer. And the excuse from the left was he doesn't really have cancer. That's just his dementia talking, <laughs> which is funny in and of itself. But when you combine... Joe Biden having cancer, having dementia, having COVID, right? The, like the stars are aligning, potentially, um, for Kamala Harris to step in and become the president of the United States. And you said, I kind of want to see Kamala as president. And that's when I'm like, screw it. We got to hit the record button because I, I want this on Yeah, record. of course. So let's I mean, let's hear. I you mean, Kamala as president, MC. I mean, I get it. Some people do not enjoy the clown show that is currently happening, and and has been happening for as long as I've been alive, with whatever president happens to be up there. Um, and to have like a more clownish person as president would would just be okay. Uh, it would be great. <laughs> so this is not a Kamala is more qualified. Though things are going to happen. This is you know just the the world's on fire, and let's just you know, add some gasoline. Well, the world isn't on fire. Um, you know, it's it's surprising how good the world is working despite having these things called governments. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's 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 actually pretty good. I think. You know, as as bad as you know, supply chains are and stuff like that right now. If if people just ignored the government and uh, you know found ways around them without uh, participating in their restrictions or whatever, um, then we'd we'd be better off. Bring back high seas piracy. Yeah. Right. Just load your load your goods and load your goods on a merchant vessel and send it wherever it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we, you know, need some other countries' help to come in and help uh, liberate us so that we can drill our own oil. Oh my goodness! You know, um, that was another big yeah. one, like the the fist bump with the, the Saudi dude and mm-hmm. the uh, you know the selling the selling off of domestic oils to the Chinese. Mm. Yeah, it's it's so it's like it's like a clown show, and that's the only part of it we get to enjoy. The rest of it is just like. Why is anybody going along with it? (laughs) So I've probably been, are we that jaded? I feel like I've been that jaded for a long time now. 
Sure, sure. Like I don't be, be you know, we, we talk about the politics um, because it's topical. But at the same time, like we're affected by it. Yeah. But it's I don't a, it's care always, enough to involve myself in it. It's always fun to say who's worse. But that's what everybody else is doing too. You know, like okay. you know, why did Biden get in? Well, because they thought they thought uh, Trump was worse. Okay. You know, and, well, and some cheating, but uh, <laughs> as in, well, I mean, you know, there's there, there were still a lot of people. I still I have you know a lot of uh, uh, ex friends or whatever that that you know voted for Biden, and uh, and it's just weird to me. I was like, I I don't get it. What do you, like? <laughs> Oh man, I don't know what day it was. It might have been last Sunday. Uh, after you know, we do the podcast on Saturdays. It might have been Sunday. Otherwise, I don't remember when this happened. Uh, but we were accosted. I'm going to say accosted. It's probably more so like approached by a dude at the gas station. Now he was in the pump to our right, and as we pulled up, he was talking to the dude at the pump that we were waiting for. Right, like the, you know, this is uh, BJ's, which is kind of like a Costco's out here. And, you know, the pumps were packed. People were putting gas. So I thought they were, like, just two old friends shooting the shit at the gas pump, just happened to pull in together, like, hey, you know, blah, whatever. Um, until, like, the one dude pulls off, we pull in, and then he comes up to our car, uh, you know, and starts talking to us. And I, you know, I ignore it for the most part. Like, he, you know, he, he breached the conversation with, man, you guys are a long way from home because I got the Montana plates on there. Um, but I went to go pump the gas, and apparently – the nature of the conversation was, you guys might not believe this, okay? But what they're not telling you, what the mainstream media ain't telling you, is that the Supreme Court stayed in session for two extra days. And what they're doing is they're reinstalling or reinstating Donald Trump as the President of the United States. <laughs> now, you're not going to hear this on the television or read it in the newspaper, but I... Yeah, my sources tell me that this is what's going on. <laughs> so, clown clown show indeed. And I don't. What is it going to take? It's, it's it's you know it's going to take a twenty twenty four election of Donald Trump for these people to go like, see, told you he's been president the whole time, and now we get Donald <laughs> Trump's third term. <laughs> but it's uh, as you said, it's a clown show, and I you know I was like, okay, you know, g- good for you. Um, I still, I, I shared this story when it happened, um, and it's been months since then, but like during the election cycle or after the election, before the inauguration, there was a, a local gentleman here who was absolutely convinced that Donald Trump was the real president. Like, and the question that I asked him was like, what are you going to say when you're wrong? Cause it's clearly not the case. Right. And he was insistent like this. And, uh, and to this day. Right, like I've I've updated on this show in the past. To this day, still have not seen him around the community. As as little as I interact uh, with the with the rest of the people at this time, I still have not come across him to this day to get a, to get an update on where he thinks the seven D eight D chess game is going. But nine <laughs> D chess, he just needed he needed people to realize what a shit show Joe Biden would be, so that we beg for him to come back in twenty twenty four. Okay. Well, he probably will come back. <laughs> I mean, the, the likelihood is he's going to run, but we'll, you know, we'll yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad um cuz he has a whole bunch of people like that, you know, supporters that are that are that will do the necessary work to put him in the in the magic seat again. Well, it's set um, for insurrect the Congress like they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. That was a joke. So, um, yeah, and I, and, I, and I hope Trump doesn't go back in, but at the same time, like, screw it. That's what you deserve. <laughs> you, know? We, you know, the clown show must go on. <laughs> and again, that's, that's part of the jadedness, right? Yeah. Like, I, I care so little. Um, like, the, you know, the third parties, the libertarians, no chance, right? So at this point, it's, is it going to be Joe Biden are the Republicans that sick of Donald Trump, right? But whatever it, whatever it's going to be, you know, it's like fire up the popcorn. Let's, you know, let's let's just yeah. enjoy the view from here. 
let's let's hope that uh, DeSantis gets the Republican no- nomination, and and Trump runs as a Libertarian. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that would be a clown show worth watching. <laughs> if the Liberty, okay, so there are probably a Trumps that I can guarantee you they're they're Trump supporting Libertarians. Oh yeah, definitely. Whether or not he belongs on the Libertarian ticket, it's not even debatable. But seeing some of the people that the Libertarians have put up in the past, um, that may be their only chance to win. Yeah, and but that's that's my whole point, though. They should because that's all they, that's all that really matters in politics is winning. You would think, and then and then after you win, then you have to do stuff to get your way, and um, it just depends if you can uh, sort of control that person or not. So, which which Libertarian can't Libertarian parties can't control anybody, but they can't even control the local parties. They, yeah. The local parties can't even control the local members when it comes to the Libertarian Party. Oh, yeah. There is like, there is no, there is no party unity at any level in my experience talking to those people. Yeah, yeah. and and should there be? It's like, well, well, no. That's why we're in the Libertarian Party. <laughs> well, know, because we don't want to be in unity with everybody, and that's that's where the other that's where the left right divide actually works to their advantage because. The, the leftists want to be with other leftists, and the rightists want to be with other rightists, and there you go. <laughs> yes. All, that, that's, why, that's why the primaries are kind of the, the exciting part. Mm-hmm. Um, when, they, when, you know, when the primaries are happening and the debates are going on, because party members will tear down other party members, right? Mm-hmm. Like, watch, watch the clips of all the shit-talking that Kamala Harris said about Joe Biden to his face during the mm-hmm. debates, right? And same, and same with, you know, Donald Trump and, and Ted Cruz or whatever, like, you know, uh, uh, going after the jugular, basically. And then as soon as, the, you know, one gets it, they fucking fall back in line and support him. Nope, that's our guy. We're sticking with him, you know, libertarians. Like, okay, we've got our guy. Everyone line up. Fuck you! We're doing our own thing. We're not fuck. We're gonna vote for Trump instead of Libertarian because we don't like who you guys picked and Trump better. Yep. <laughs> and that's how you get Libertarians for Trump, which was bizarre when it happened, and waiting for that to roll back around again. Yeah. By prominent I mean, there, Libertarians, there are voters. things that that some Libertarians would like about him, and that, so the, supposedly Trump wants to fire fifty thousand federal employees when he when he as soon as he takes office. It's like, well, yeah, but um, if you don't get rid of the position, it'll happen again. Or you could, you know, find some more Libertarianish uh, people to take those positions, and then like, you know, not hurt people in them. Um, but the chance of that is pretty slim, you know. Right, and which is which is why again, if the if the goal is to win, um, the libertarian strategy is shit. And yeah. If, if yeah. that if if the goal if the if what they're doing serves a purpose, right, and that's just messaging, and you know moving the culture in a more libertarian direction, then fine, just stop stating the goal as winning, right? We are not here to win. We are not here to get ballot access. We are just here to like move the message. And the problem, the, the problem with the problem with libertarian messaging is the messenger sucks, um, and no one buys into the message. You, they, they, they've had you know what forty five fifty years since what the the seventies to to move to sway the public in favor of more liberty and more freedom, right, through the messaging, and they have failed. And the reason why I'm so jaded, I guess, to, to take it back to what we are talking about earlier, is I'm convinced that it's because the public doesn't want it, right? Like, uh, Most definitely not. Um, but there's uh, uh, th- different th- things pulling at the public, and... Uh, like if if you look at the you know the history of you know let's say England and you know eventually the the king made a whole bunch of departments for every little thing and and it just became a huge bureaucracy and people left and came to the U.S. and made their own country and 
you know, that's what the Declaration of Independence was was about. The reasons why we left and why we're separating. Okay. Um, uh, so that's where we're headed now. The, the bureaucracy loves more bureaucracy. Like they they feel they're needed. <laughs> you know, they they have to justify their their existence, um, and it's easy for them to do because look, it exists, and where would we be without it? You know, <laughs> it's like they can't okay. imagine anything else. And and so of course they want. It, there's people that want everything to be run by the government, and it's like, what? And like, well, how how are we gonna how are we gonna grow? Where's the where's the where's the profit? You know, <laughs> where's the increase of goods and services that you know? Well, government takes from All right. to survive, and they don't they don't put those two together. So, so maybe Somalia is the answer. Um, can Western. we go there and start a country there or, or well, would we be squashed there too? You know? <laughs> I'm just trying to think, right? Like when, the, when the British invaded the Americas, mm-hmm. um, there, there was a distinct, uh, uh, a distinct separation of firepower between the British and the indigenous people. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to like create our own country on earth, Mm-hmm. We're going to have to outmuscle and and bulldoze more indigenous people, and yeah. I don't know where they're left except Africa, perhaps. And since they're always telling us to go to Somalia anyway, eh, maybe that's you know, maybe that's sure. the next move. Yeah, right. And and you know, Africa is you know supposedly on on their way up. Um, well, then we better do it soon. And uh, and and it might not have to resort to taking over by force, but you know, just uh, I don't know, convince them to do the right thing. Which you know, I don't know. I don't think governments want to do anywhere. So, right. I guess I I'm partially joking about you know the the Somalia thing because um, I think it's funny, but I also I also remember I watched I saw a talk, not. Um, uh, man, the the dude's name was Ernesto Ciroli, and he gave a talk about like his time in the Peace Corps or whatever, and how they tried to go to Africa um, and like modernize it. Like, what is wrong with these Africans? Don't they know, you know, that with all their resources they can do so much more with it? Um, and it turns out that they can't, and that, and it's and it has nothing to do with like intelligence or technology it was basically um the the land itself right it's it's such a sparse and large place um that it just for whatever reason doesn't lend itself to modern agriculture and farming and so you can't do that there interesting it's been tried and failed right like he they, he gave the, one of the examples he gave in the talk, right? He's like, yeah, so we went there and they had like all this fertile soil and we just like, well, why aren't they planting crops here? And so we just started showing them how to like, you know, till the soil and plant the crops and water it. And they just kind of like nodded their head, right? Like, you know, with all these white guys are going to show us how it's done. Yes, yes, yes. And then, you know, like right as the crops were beginning to grow, Boom elephant migratory season and the elephants just fucking went right through and trampled all the crops and they lost everything. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, Oh, that's why they don't fucking plant crops. It's not that they're dumb, (laughs) right? It's that they have this healthy respect for their natural surroundings. And that's where the elephants go, you know, during the, during the time of year that you would, you know, plant your crops. Um, The other example he shared that stuck out in my mind is like, Oh, you got this tribe over here. And, like, wouldn't it be great if they could, like, fucking trade their resources with the tribe over here? Like, what's the problem? Well, there's a fucking river between them. So the fucking white dudes show up with all their gear and, like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll just fucking build a bridge across the river. So, like, we get to put the, put the bridge here and fucking that tribe can get with that tribe and boom. Like, modern capitalism trading amongst themselves. So they built a bridge. And then monsoon season hit. And wash the bridge, like half the bridge, a mile downriver. 
So now you had two half of a uh, half of a bridge, a mile apart from each other. Going like, why the hell is there only half a bridge here and half a bridge a mile down the road? And it's because again, the land itself wasn't sustainable or lending itself to that sort of activity. So, and again, that you know, so it's there's and, there's and, more and to it. People than still want to ter- terraform other planets. And they will run into similar problems, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's kind of my point. Like it's, it's, like, a, it's a great idea it, in theory. If you can't do it in Africa, what makes you think it's going to work on another planet? But it, it, but it, it, it's it's to share the point that you know that um, Africa is likely the way it is because that's just the way it is, right? And you know the 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 takeaway, the lesson that he took from you know his experience in like the you know Foreign Legion or I forget what organization he was with was. Don't meddle, you know. There, there are better ways to do things than meddling and trying, trying to impart uh, Western knowledge and technology, um, because it's it just may not be viable, and that's it. Sure. So, and, and, unless there's something there that you want and you can trade to get, um, blood then, diamonds. Yeah, stay away. <laughs> so again, just to take it back, so I'm, I'm only partially joking when I suggest, you know, the, the, the takeover of Somalia, because it's, it's very likely that even if Western, um, Western people, Western, um, efforts or whatever, I can't think of the word I'm looking for attempts it, it's not going to work out the way you think. Um, and it's likely because the indigenous people there know something that you don't. Right. And for, and however that works out for them, it works out because that's just the way it is. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> the weird thing is here, right, is we know things like that in our own country, right? In your own state, right? In the state of Hawaii, there's like active volcanoes on the big island, right? And then there's people that are like, oh, no, let's fucking build a house over here, you know, until the volcano erupts more prominently than usual. And then there's like, well, did you have your volcano insurance? You know, it's like, no, just don't fucking build the house there, right? But they're incentivized <laughs> to do so because of some idiot government, you know, ideal of where people ought to live. Um, I don't re- even remember what happened to it, but like several years ago, there was a big eruption and a, my son's school got wiped out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was so close to home. Like, oh, I hope he survives, you know. <laughs> but who does that? You know, the, it's an active volcano that's not where you should build, right? And if, if it were the Africans, right, they would go like, no, we do not build next to the active volcano. Uh, but you got Western guys going like, no, no, you just buy the insurance, and if you lose everything, you get the money. <laughs> Until the insurance company goes like, well, no, you built next to a volcano. Why would we, why would we pay you for this? Well, because the government mandates it. Right, <laughs> right. So it's, it's improper incentives from the government. To get people yeah. to do dumb things like this, or build an entire city like you know in Katrina with the the in New Orleans, blocked right. off by levees that are not structurally sound to withstand a hurricane. Africans wouldn't have done it. That's all I'm saying. They would have known. They would have they would have used their you know millennia of experience with how the you know how how nature operates in that area, uh, and and thought better of it. Yes, but we can all be sure of one thing, that uh, Kamala Harris would have all of the answers for us. Sure. <laughs> she, she can't even string together a coherent sentence. She she would cackle at us. She, she would definitely cackle. <laughs> yes. No matter, so what are we going to do about this inflation? And she would just cackle and then yeah. talk just about something else. Yeah. And, and, and pretend like that's the way it's supposed to be. Right, like how how dare you ask the question in the first place, and how dare you question her her non response to said question being asked? So no, no Kamala Harris, unless you like the shit show, right? Fire up the popcorn. We'll see what happens. She'll go down. She'll she'll go down in history as the first female president, the first African American female president, or whatever her background happens to be. And she's like Jamaican or something. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. But no. No Kamala. Cackling at everybody. What would she be like? Right? Would she fist bump 
the, the, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia? Like, how would that go? <laughs> she wouldn't even be allowed there. Yeah, which, you know, they they probably shouldn't have sent Biden there, but they do. <laughs> you know, I, I think if, if Biden had a choice, why why would he go? <laughs> yeah. oh, to to beg for oil. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that was that's the story, right? That's the headlines. Biden Biden goes to Saudi Arabia to see if you know they, he can convince uh, OPEC to increase production because their 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 lack of supply is is harming the gas prices, and that's a big big thing for Americans, right? But if you don't want to beg, as you said, MC, you just you just open up domestic production, right? There's plenty enough. Yeah. Open domestic production and stop selling domestic products, <laughs> right? If it's that big of a deal, increase the supply here and stop exporting it away. I'm not suggesting that, you know, necessarily. Like exp- export, if you're the company, export to whoever's willing to pay you more. Um, but as far as like policies, policy is concerned, like give me a break. Just do the thing. Do the thing where you produce more oil here. Shall we do headlines? Is it that time already? Sure. Yeah, close enough. Well, this first one might might be an interesting tie-in since we're talking about oil anyway. Uh, headline, solar panels subsidized by California are winding up in landfills and contaminating the groundwater with toxic metals. Oh, darn. Uh, headline, is it TikTok's fault when children die making dangerous videos? Uh, headline, churches sue... To use hallucinogenic tea in religious practice. A headline, water cops patrol drought-stricken Los Angeles searching for violators. I might move that one with the solar panels one. Because it's like, solar panels contaminating the groundwater in the middle of a drought. Like, figure it out, California. A headline, 86-year-old, this is ridiculous, 86-year-old man threatened with $5,000 fine for not having a smartphone to show his vaccine passport. Uh, That one hits kind of home because when I did travel back to Hawaii uh, a little over a year ago, um, I purposefully took a dumb phone just in case they tried to pull this nonsense. And they didn't, Hmm. thankfully. Uh, Headline, U.S. factory accused of using child labor. This is in Alabama, if that matters to you. Headline, new study sledgehammers. Universal basic income argument. Uh, We've talked about that topic before, but here it is in the science. And finally, headline, government forcing man to pay $30,000 in fines for tall grass or they'll steal his home. Hmm. Any particular one jump out at you? Well, I like the solar panel one. Okay. Solar panels subsidized by California, winding up in the landfills, contaminating groundwater with toxic metals. Oh, the irony. California's massive push for adaptation of solar over the last several decades in order to ascertain more clean energy is now becoming a problem for landfills. After 1.3 million solar installs later, the first push of panels are reaching the end of their typical 25 to 30 year life cycle, according to Yahoo. Yahoo's still a thing. Look at that. Hmm. And now for the coda to the clean energy story. Many of the panels are winding up in landfills where, in some cases, they could potentially contaminate groundwater with toxic heavy metals such as lead, selenium, and cadmium, the report says. One expert told Yahoo that only 1 in 10 panels are actually recycled. The rest are contributing to truckloads of waste, some of which is contaminated, according to reports. Sam Vanderhoof, a solar industry expert and chief, uh, chief executive of Recycle PV Solar, told Yahoo the industry is supposed to be green, but in reality, it's all about the money. California has been pushing for solar since 2006 when the state approved $3.3 billion in subsidies. Now about 15% of the state's power comes from solar, but that belies the environmental disaster disposing of the panels has become. While about 80% of the panels is recyclable, excuse me, the process of disassembling the panels to get an, at the individual material, including glass and silicon, is extremely difficult. Uh, Sarasu Duran, an assistant professor at the University of Calgary, Haskanye School of Business in Canada, commented, This trash is probably going to arrive sooner than we expected, 
and is going to be a huge amount of waste. But while all the focus has been on building this renewable capacity, not much consideration has been put on the end of life of these technologies. A.J. Orban, vice president of We Recycle Solar, added, There's no doubt that there will be an increase in the solar panels entering the waste stream in the next decade or so. That's never been a question. It's burdensome burdensome to teach those who have the panels what's in them and the proper way to recycle them. Most consumers are not aware of the toxic nature of the panels, and like most everything else that needs to be subsidized in order to be adopted, recycling of the panels doesn't make economic sense, the report adds. Uh, Recycling solar panels isn't a simple process. Highly specialized equipment and workers are needed to separate the aluminum frame and the junction box from the panel without shattering it into glass shards. Specialized furnaces are used to heat the panels to recover silicon. In most states, panels are classified as hazardous materials, which require expensive restrictions on packaging, transport, and storage. The vast majority of residential solar arrays in the U.S. are crystalline silicon panels, which can contain lead, although it's less prevalent in newer panels. Thin film solar panels, which contain cadmium and selenium, are primarily used in utility-grade applications. Orban said the economics of the process don't make a compelling case for recycling. Amanda Bybee, co-founder of SolarRecycle.org, said there's an informational gap, there's a technological gap, and there's a financial gap that we're working on. And while California regulates how the panels can be collected, it doesn't change the end destination of many of the materials, Orban said. What the rule does is really just change how the material is handled, managed, stored, and transported. It doesn't change how the material is actually processed. Drew Johnstone, a sustainability analyst for Santa Monica, concluded, it's going to be a really large issue in a number of years. So it would behoove local governments, county, state, and it can go federal too, to have a plan in place for all these panels that will reach their end of life in 10 to 15 years. Uh, End of the article. So a lot of the uh, greenies out there, the environmentalists, uh, the assholes that like glue their hands to <laughs> paintings, right? They want this renewable sources, you know, this get off of coal and, and gasoline and oil. Um, but it clearly, they, how do I want to phrase this? They're always talking about the long-term ramifications of current technology and why we need to switch. And based on this article, it doesn't seem like they think about the long-term ramifications of the technologies they're proposing because they haven't even given that much thought. Your thoughts? Well, that's that's part of the problem is they haven't given anything thought. Um, yeah, CO2 is the most green thing you can do for the planet, and the proof is the planet is greening. So they've been lied to. They've uh, completely fallen to the, the big lie uh, uh, psychology trick. Okay. Um, yeah, saying CO two is bad for the planet is is the big lie. Well, there must be some truth to that, and the, and then they so then they resort to well, CO two is a greenhouse gas, and they don't realize that. Well, yes, green things grow in a greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the stupidest thing ever. But they but. Because somebody said something negative about it, people's minds immediately go to, well, there must be something negative about it. And they don't look for any positive because that's how negative information works. Okay. Um, so the, the solutions to their problem would be nuclear. But the oil industry is so uh, big and effective at uh, pushing regulations that they've made nuclear impossible to even start at this point. Okay. So pause right there for a moment then, because as the anarchists that we are, right, should we not then be against the oil industry in principle? Right? Forget. You know. um, well, well, s- sort of, except um, oil, oil really isn't bad for the environment, it's, it's bad for humans in some way because there are other pollutants in there besides okay. CO2. So more people die from uh, mining coal and oil than they do from uh, nuclear, for example. So, Like the black lungs from back in the day. Yeah, and, and it's still happening now. And there's you know, even, even some 
countries still have problem with uh, people dying from asthma pollution. Um, so you could save lives by by uh, s- switching off of uh, fossil fuels, but um, in general, fossil fuels are the biggest benefit for humankind uh, ever. You know, it's like it's it's energy. We need energy to produce things, and, and when we produce things, it uh, makes our lives better. Including like like what did you experience recently? Uh, a heat wave in New Hampshire. Oh, wow. it's miserable. It's, it's, it's a miserable. great thing we have AC, though, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and, and how would we get all the parts and materials for to build an AC? Well, you need energy for that. <laughs> here's, here's the irony. Here's the irony about that. And, and call me a hypocrite if you want to, right? But it was so goddamn hot today. I was talking to a customer. I was like, where is the nearest public pool? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't have a pool of my own. But goddamn, would I like to use one right about now? Uh, sure, sure. And I, you know, ironically, it's you know the, the nearest pool is like a private pool at the YMCA, which was like two minutes walking distance from my job. If I went and got like a YMCA membership, cool. Which I was like almost considering, like ah, maybe. Um, okay, I'm gonna drop a name here real quick because friend of friend of ours, so I guess friend of the show, uh, Phil, Big Phil. Okay. Uh, he goes to the YMCA. Near, nearby and like occasionally he'll just come like meandering into my office with his towel like wrapped around him like oh yeah i just had like a wonderful swim like son of a bitch you look so cool and comfortable right now and i'm miserable even in the ac so yeah but it, it, you know it, that's that's how miserable the heat is here but yes good thing i got the ac i'm in the ac now i'm still sweating i'm still dripping it just it, it it's not powerful enough I need more, more power. Uh, before we get too off track, I I saw a blurb, and it sounded conspiracy theoretically, or you know, conspiracy theory to me. I'm going to share it here. I'm going to ask if you've done any research on it, or if you've even seen it, and then I'm going to drop it because I have not done any research and therefore cannot comment on it at all. And this little blurb. Well, that's the that's the fun stuff. It's conspiracy theories. Okay, good. Then maybe you've maybe you've done some digging on this one, but I have not. So I just okay. I'm going to ask, and if if you've done nothing on it, we can drop it and move on. Uh, but if you have done on it, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So I saw this little blurb, and it said uh, fossil fuel is a myth, like some industrialist back in the day said that oil comes from dinosaur bones and it's just been a lie repeated for decades and that oil is one of the most renewable sources of energy that the earth has ever known and that even at current rates it will replenish itself faster than we can mine it or pump it out of the ground. Um, I would say partly true. Uh, okay. It's not... It's not from dinosaur bones. It's it's from uh, mostly uh, green stuff that has gotten uh, trapped and compressed and and over and over and over. So it does come from uh, it does come from life, and that's why when we burn it, um, it goes back into the atmosphere, and and life uses it because that you know co2 is the stuff of life so <laughs> for the plants for the plants it'll kill well, yeah, a human but, but well for, for all plants. human too okay uh, you know um humans are are carbon life forms you know <laughs> so yeah we eat the we eat the plants okay uh, or or we eat animals that eat plants so right but if you um, just if you got stuck in a room and all you had to breathe was co2 you would quickly be feeding the plants sure right okay just to be clear um yeah, there's too much of anything. If you if you drink too much water, you'll die. But um, uh, if you get too much oxygen, you'll die. If okay. you get too much CO two, yeah, it's, it goes on and on. But um, but CO two is measured in parts per million. It's not a threat. Okay. If we double or triple or quadruple the CO two in the atmosphere, it's, it's still a small part of the atmosphere. Um, so, are you saying that the the releasing of the CO two creates the necessary environment to replenish the oil in the soil yeah basically so uh the oil that is underground 
was trapped from uh, millions of years of plant growth, uh, you know, living, dying, uh, getting compressed over under uh, layers of sediment and rock and, you know, whatever happened, you know, asteroid impacts, you know, covering the planet, who knows. But um, it, it comes from uh, plant and animal okay. material, you know, on the ground, going in the ground. See, um, okay, again, pause for a moment, because when I hear millions of years, I immediately dismiss the fact that it's renewable, right? Because the, the, well, the, the renewable, renewable cycle over millions is of so years. long. Right, over yeah. millions of years. They're not useful to us, no. No, eventually we will run out of oil in the ground. Okay. And, yeah, so the... That, that was know, that the... But the, the claim, the, this claim was that we will not run out. Like yeah, this conspiracy claim was that it replenishes so quickly, or that there is so yeah. much of it that we will, we will never, we will never pump uh, as much as fast as it renews itself in the ground. Yeah, eventually we will run out, but okay. in the foreseeable future, probably not. You know, because we keep finding more of it. Um, so, and we know where some of it is, and we're just not allowed to touch it yet. So, do do we want to, you know, wait till? 2100 or 2200 and and run out of oil or do we want to switch to something else and that's this is uh, elon musk's whole argument it's like eventually we're going to have to switch you know we sh- and we should do it in a graceful way rather than uh oops right. uh we ran out because of capitalism you know <laughs> well okay so again pause right there because this is this was the beauty of i'm going to say having a close to retirement uh, professor in college um, teaching the uh, environmental economics class, which is a requirement <laughs> because I, you know, not much from that class stuck out at me uh, for me, you know, you know, liberal, whatever nonsense, mm-hmm. but he didn't seem to believe a lot of the stuff that he was teaching from the textbook. Right. And so, well, good <laughs> because most of it's wrong, you know. Right. Depending on which textbook you're using. <laughs> well, whatever. I, he was the professor, man, and he was tenured, so he got to pick the book. I just don't, you know. It it seemed to be one of those things where he had one foot out the. He retired shortly thereafter, so it was it mm-hmm. was definitely like one foot out the door. Um, but I remember one one of the things that stuck out. You know, this was like much younger me, um, still, you know, probably late, 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 late teens, early twenties. Right, and these are the little nuggets of information that I take away. And one of the things he said was, um, "You can't always believe the statistics when it comes to like environmental problems, mm-hmm. right?" Be, you know, I forget we were studying like you know um, the, uh, power lines going through some area, and you know the cancer that it causes when they put it up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Okay, but here's what you have to understand, right? There is a city somewhere on the planet." that has the highest per capita rate of cancer, right? Like that city exists somewhere. And to, you know, and what you have to do then is separate the, you know, the, the uh, causation from the correlation, right? And is it really the power lines in the area that's causing that particular area to be the highest per capita cancer rate? And said so the likelihood is no. Right. It's probably it's probably something else, but it's not that like they're trying to attribute it to something that it's not. But when you hear like highest per capita, whatever. Right. That place exists because that's just how the numbers work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that stuck out was this very issue. Right. The the uh, uh, the, the the substitution cost of energy. Right. And if you allow the free market to operate. Right. There's there's going to be, you know, leaders, uh, you know, first movers, right. The, the, the wealthy people uh, who have, you know, the hundred inch four panel television that they spent a hundred thousand dollars on, you know, but that that investment in that TV gives the company money to do further research and development. And eventually those costs come down. Mm-hmm. Right. So as much as as much as uh, trickle down economics is lampooned uh, in the media now. I think those are fine examples of how that works, right? Mm -hmm. Rich people get shit first, and then it becomes more affordable for the rest of us. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's why I I don't like 
when people don't have gratitude for things that we have. Like, uh, basically, everybody's driving around in cars. Right. You know? And horses and, are more expensive and, to maintain. Uh, way more, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the, the cost of oil has come down because of, you know, technology and investment and uh, competition. And, and, uh, and, of course, there's always forces working against those. And that's where, you know, government and, and uh, international... Uh, corporations and conglomerates like OPEC come along and, and try to raise prices. Right. And what the, the, the point that I was driving at what, from this economic professor was in the free market, right, there will come a time, as you said, potentially, who knows what the conspiracy theorists will say, right, where we will start running low on oil eventually. Yeah. Right? Like we, we've, we've pumped everywhere, we've looked everywhere, but the economic cost of that Right, as we need to find more novel places to search for oil, less gets pumped out of the ground, demand remains similar to what it is now, right? The cost naturally rises. And it has nothing to do with government interference. Right. Correct. That is pure supply and demand. Um as those costs rise, uh, people are going to start looking at other technologies. Right. Like right now we have wind and solar and you've mentioned nuclear a number of times. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear uh, <laughs> a number of times. And I agree with you that that's probably the best option. Um, and again, it's government interfering. But people will start investing in those alternatives naturally. They don't have to be subsidized. Right. You don't need the government to pick one and start funneling money in that direction. You know, taking it from people who would prefer to try other things. Right, you know your 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 uh, your solar panel subsidies and the problems that it's causing, as the article states. Uh, but there will be those wealthy individuals who are like I want to have this technology, and so they buy a Tesla, or they're the first ones that can afford to you know outfit their home with twenty thousand dollars worth of solar panels. Right, they just they write the check. Here's twenty thousand dollars. For your solar panels, let's see how much this saves me over the course of 20 to 30 years, right? They're able to make those investments in the technology, which then start to drop um, in price, right? Because that's, that's how it works. And at some point, the, that supply and demand curve for solar panels or wind turbines or your nuclear uh, intersect with the oil, production and all of a sudden it's naturally cheaper to pay for those solar panels those wind turbines those nuclear thorium reactors right because it's you know we're, we're talking you know potentially decades of research and development and market activity driving up the price of oil naturally driving down the price of those other technologies naturally and then consumers just go, oh, shit, it's just cheaper to get a solar panel. And so that's what they do. <clears throat> no government interference, no subsidies required, right? It just, right. It's a naturally occurring thing. And at that point in time, right, you need not worry about oil pollution or oil production or moving away from it, right? It's not, it's not something that has to be forced upon people. You know, the, the earth will survive. Right, you you pump the oil, you pump the carbon into the atmosphere, more green shit grows, as you said, MC, and the cycle continues uh, until it doesn't. Right, until you you find something else, and then you find new ways. Right, and just you know, this this was like the, well, the lecture from an environmental economics class at university. One, one thing you missed though is that if if people don't have a cheap source of of electricity, let's say solar panels are too expensive for some people. Um, they resort to burning wood, <laughs> burning burning trees, um, and that is harmful to people's health, and um, and it's uh, you know harmful to the environment. And you're going to have so one of the reasons why we have so many trees in the northern hemisphere right now is because we did switch to coal and, and oil, and natural gas. Okay. Um, because now we don't need to burn down forests to, for heat and to you know cook and stuff like that. Um, so. Um, don't want to uh, resort to burning trees. That's. Uh, but if that's what you got, right? Like if, if you're, you know, well, sure. if the alternative I mean, is I'm, freeze to death. 
Right, exactly. Um, if, if your solar panel is covered by snow, um, you know, and you and you, <laughs> you got to burn some wood, then you're going to do it. You yeah. know, so. That was an interesting, again, an interesting conversation with another customer because of the goddamn heat wave, right? We're like, you know, he's he's doing some work around the facility. I work at a storage place. He's like, why don't they put solar panels on these roofs? Like, I have no idea. It's, you know, <laughs> well, it's just because they're expensive. That's all. Well, um, yes. And, and if you if you have a cheaper sources of energy, I, I assume New Hampshire uses natural gas a lot. Um, okay, coal. I don't. I don't know. But I, here's the here's the weird thing about New Hampshire. Um, there's like the producer of the electricity and then the delivery of the electricity and you basically get to pick your deliverer. Mm-hmm. And so there are competing delivery companies for mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, yeah. So you got to pay pay somebody for the, the electric lines basically. Well, but but not just that. Like there if I switch if I switch delivery companies, the wires stay the same. The wires stay the same. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how the fuck that works. Never bothered to look into it, but I was talking uh, to somebody and they're like it's mostly just contracts. Okay. And, and and the contracts are what keeps people, you know, keeps the lines up because they have an obligation to, to do that or else they lose the contract and then they can get sued. And whatever, sure. So. But that that's well above, that's well above my level, right? Like their contracts yeah, don't yeah. affect my ability to choose between deliverers. But right. I did, I, you know, I was talking to one guy last week, Sonny, he's like, my delivery fee was higher than my energy cost. Like it cost it cost him more to have well, the energy delivered to him than it did to actually what he actually used, and and that's it's probably right. And and another thing people don't realize is a lot of power is lost on the actual power lines. You know, getting it to your house, and so that's that's why power lines. You know, the 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 long haul electric power lines run at extremely high voltages because it's more efficient. And by the time it gets down to your house, you get down to two you know two forty volts. And 240 volts is more efficient than every all the stuff that your most of your appliances work on, except for your you know your dryer and your washing machine maybe. Uh, yeah, that still runs at 240. So by the time it gets down to 120, that's you know the least efficient. Um, but it's that's at the point that you're using it. But this so, is America, so that's what we use. Well, no, it's fine. 120 is fine. But um, the the point is is that there is electricity lost on the power lines and it costs a lot to maintain all the power lines and it's, especially for a place like New Hampshire where the population isn't as nearly as dense as you know somewhere like LA or right you know New York or whatever well that that was part of the questioning of like the the solar panels like on the facility right you know I was like mm-hmm. I don't think we use that much energy man like we right you well, know just lights depends on the cost you know if 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 you're uh, Electricity cost goes up to, like Hawaii's is like thirty-five cents kilowatt hour, or more is going to go up because of Russia and and uh, they're shutting down our one coal plant here. Um, well, you know if it gets to forty cents per kilowatt hour, then it's like you might as well have some solar panels because it's a it's a waste not to. Well, his his point was that there the 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 power companies are forced to buy back the excess. So if we, uh, sure, yeah, and that's I, it, it, that's that's a that's a really weird issue too. Um, well, but I mean, so, it, so having that many buildings with that many solar panels, right, would produce an excessive amount of electricity right. that could then be you know sold back to the power company to offset. That was his point. But it, anyway. but it could also hurt hurt the grid too. So you don't want to overproduce electricity at certain times when you don't need it. So. Okay. Uh, electric companies work more efficiently when they have a, a, a more steady output, okay. or at least, or at least they can adjust ahead of time, knowing you know how sunny it is and how many panels are out there. And that's that's why the electric companies are trying to get everybody put these smart meters on, on their house, so that if their house is producing more, it'll alert the 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 electric company that there, more electricity is coming out of this neighborhood and to, you know, reduce okay. uh, supply. And so you don't, you know, burn stuff up. I just also thought it was a limited, a limited time frame, right? Like you're not going to get 12 months of peak solar performance, right? You can get like yeah. three months and then it's going to diminish. And then you're going yeah, to, you know, yeah, have depending all this, where you are. Sure. Well, I'm talking about here specifically. Yeah, New Hampshire, the, sure. New Hampshire. But you know, th- th- through the winter months, then you've got all that wear and tear 
on the panels as the snow and the sleet and the ice fall and hit and stay up yeah, there. Yeah, that's that's probably the the biggest reason is is uh, how long the panels are going to last. And yeah, how it's much probably diminished significantly based on the the climate. But uh, some some of our solar panel technology can can still produce electricity even without direct sunlight. So um, it might still eventually be worth it, but uh, it it really just comes down to the price of of oil and. Yeah. The the uh, Biden administration is trying to make uh, electricity as expensive as possible, and um, and that's that's you know obviously not good for poor people. But you know what? Who cares? Just buy an electric car, and and pay. Oh yeah, that pissed the, everybody. The higher the higher electric fees on top of that, and then who cares uh, if fifteen dollars a gallon for gasoline? Just buy yourself a Tesla. Yeah, and, and put. Put a whole bunch of solar panels on your house, and everything will be fine. As, yeah. as long as as long as you make you know 100, 200 grand a year, you sure, know, be fine. Who does? Who doesn't? That's median for yeah. the country. Right? That's the and, and if you want to, you know, figure out where these where these people come up with these these ideas and and, and how they get by with it, like look look at uh, salaries in in Washington D.C. Um, it's it's insane. You know, the, <laughs> these people get paid so much money. To uh, to tell the rest for, of the country how to live, uh, basically. But I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of contract you know, government contract jobs in in yeah. DC that that pay a lot of money to do not much. Yeah, and 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 it's really weird. And so, especially you know, government employees like like if you're not if you're a government employee and you're not making a hundred grand, then then you're not trying, you know, <laughs> you just like just apply for it and you'll probably get it. So again, not going to lie, hypocritically thinking, right. As my, as my full-time employment might be coming to an end, I, oh man, do I fuck around and just like apply for a government job at this point? <laughs> like I've become so, I've become so accustomed to not doing much real work, right. That I, I might be only suited for government work at this point. Like, just let me show up, sit there, <laughs> yeah, do whatever, you know, get that sweet pension, work my way up to that six-figure government job, especially around here, right? Like, th- that was one of the things that we learned uh, quickly upon moving. Um, I think I've, I've probably said it on here before. Like I described it as, like, the culture of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Just being a little better, just being a B student, being a B minus student, right? Puts you like above what people are accustomed to around here. Hmm. So that's that's how I felt about Hawaii. Maybe maybe that's everywhere. Um, no, yeah. I guess it depends on where you go, like, or maybe where you were coming from, because the 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 serve like you know. Okay, so here here's just another quick example. Um, that's a little bit ridiculous. So my primary vehicle has been in the shop for, we're about to start week six in a couple of days. People complained about Tesla being too long. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And part of it is part of it is the culture, right? Like that's just is what it is. I'm like, I was supposed to drop it off on Tuesday and then pick it up like fucking Tuesday night. Like I was supposed to be able to drive this thing on Wednesday. You know, the check engine light came on. I, you know, we took it in and I had the ODB reader as like, you know, the cylinder misfire. And so you Google like, oh, what do you got to do when the cylinder misfires? Oh, you change the fucking spark plugs and the wires. Right. <laughs> so I like, okay, fucking take it in Tuesday morning. They change the spark plugs and the wires and I'm driving it, you know, fucking fixed it Tuesday night. Um, six weeks later, I still don't have it. And it took them two weeks of that to test the spark plugs and the wires, right? Like the, you know, the, 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 the tech, not the technician, but the, 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 the service representative, right, kept going through all these other things that it could be. And at one point, this is the breaking point for me, right? He goes like, well, we think it's being triggered um, by the traction control system. Right, because you got like all your tires are pumped up to forty psi, and this one's only twenty psi. I'm like, hold on, none of my tires should be pumped up to forty. First off, so unless you're unless you're taking a hot measurement, right, I'm going to stop you right there. 
Number two, that's how traction control works, right? Like the slow tire speeds up, you know, to balance shit out. So there's no way that traction control should trigger, you know, the check engine light coming on. So now that we know I'm not a complete idiot, let's stop BSing me, right? Um, <laughs> and so they sent it someplace else, right? They're like, well, you know, the, unfortunately, we, the, where we had been taking it was like, because it's close to home, um, was like a Ford dealership and I have a Subaru. So they sent it off to Subaru to see what's going on because they couldn't figure it out. And then he calls me back and he goes like, well, Subaru changed the spark plugs and the wires. I was like, oh, good. They fucking, they have a brain, right? <laughs> like step one, change. He's like, but that made it worse. I'm like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's unfortunate news. <laughs> and so, you know, it turned into like back in November, I had to get my engine replaced. Um, and I got the warranty for it, which is why I took it back there. Cause I'm like, wow, the engine's fucking up again. Let's, you know. And so they're they're supposed to have been replacing the engine again. So I'm like I'm about to be on engine number three on the Subaru um, because when they you know they're like they check the oil and they're like there's like fucking metal particles in your oil. I'm like well that's there's your problem right there. Good thing somebody checked the oil and not the traction control, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so oh man, not not this past Monday, the Monday prior. Right. He's like, okay, so we're going to, you know, here's the, here's what it's going to be. They're covering the parts. You're covering the labor up to a certain percentage. You know, it's a 10 hour job. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm anticipating having my car back on Friday. Well, that wasn't yesterday. That was last week, Friday. So it's been, you know, nearly two weeks and I haven't even gotten an update on what the status of that is. So I'm gonna. I'm going to have to follow up on Monday. Well, yeah, you got to find somebody to work ten hours first, <laughs> and that could be it, right? But they, you know, they had the technician, right? He's like, oh yeah, we got the guy. He's yeah. going to be doing the whatever. But my point is, like, that's the mediocrity that I'm talking about because I don't think anyone I know, present company included, like myself included, has experienced anything like that, like that level of shit service in Hawaii when it comes to like cars and mechanics. Like there are, there are shady people out there. Um, but I would think, I, I know, hate, I hate dealing with cars and, and mechanics and yes, and all that. I really do. It's but so, you're smarter than me. Cause you're at least a car guy somewhat. Um, and that part of the problem is with the old car that I had, the MR2. Um, what a beauty that was. Um, yeah. Uh, well, it's old. So, like, do you take it to the Toyota dealer and <laughs> let them work on it, or do you just find some, you know, random shop and hope for the best? So, it's, um, but yeah, either I way, I still, I still don't know the answer to that. I think you know, if if the dealer will work on it, then take it. You know, if if you, and especially if you got the money, take it to the dealership and right. let the pros do it. You know, but, but my my point is that I don't think in Hawaii it would have taken them two weeks to do step one. Right, I don't know. My my car was in the shop for weeks and weeks and weeks. Okay, actually months. But did they so, know what was going on, or is it the same thing? Like they no, just dicked no, you around for a know. couple of weeks and then. No, they didn't know. Okay, and I'd call them back every other week and be like, "Hey, uh, you know, like, oh well, we we drove it around the island. It didn't it didn't overheat this time." I'm like, uh, <laughs> "Are you serious?" Because every time I get in it, it overheats. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Like, okay. oh, we'll drive it again. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So let me, let me then share this with you because when I was in Hawaii, I drove a car, but I also drove a moped. And one of the problems I had with my moped at one point in time is it would die, like on a long run, like straight shot, hither to yawn. Like, you know, there was, there was a, a few miles stretch of road um, on, my, on my regular commute where it was, you know, a good two, three miles of just straight line, right? And somewhere in this, it would just die. And so I took the moped into the shop and I told the mechanic, right? The, the, he, he was a mechanic and then became the owner. I'm like, all right, dude, here's the deal, right? You have to take it on a long straight run. If you do anything else, you will not replicate this issue, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to like fucking wide open throttle at least a mile, maybe two 
and I guarantee you, you will run into this issue, right? And so, you know, he calls me up, you know, a couple hours later, he goes like, okay, I got it to do it, right? But I didn't believe you at first because he didn't listen, (laughs) right? He's like, you know, he took it around, nothing's happening, everything's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, and then I remember what you said. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you that I didn't do the one thing you told me to do. So he found like an open straightaway fucking, you know, good couple miles of straight and, and held the throttle open. And sure enough, he got it to stall out, died and fixed the problem, right? The check engine light here on the vehicle, I can make happen when I have to climb a steep hill, right? So he's like, oh, how rough are you driving this thing? I'm like, dude, I'm not fucking driving it rough. But if I have to climb a hill and it downshifts, right? And the RPMs go up the fucking light comes on. So if you want to, if you're trying to like replicate it, just drive up a goddamn hill, you know, mm-hmm. just listen to me, do, do the thing, you know, and the first few test drives, they wouldn't do the thing until, <laughs> until finally he's like, Oh no, we got it. We finally got it. And it's like, yeah, when the RPM jump, like, yes, that's what I told you. Right. If I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a mechanic, right. But I can troubleshoot things. And if I'm telling you, like, the way to replicate this is to do the thing, right, then you just have to trust me and do the thing, right? And then at one point, you know, he said, like, well, we didn't, we kind of, like, you know, we didn't want to, like, break the car. I'm like, no, you have to break it, right? I'm bringing it in because it's broken. It's already broken. So break it, figure out how you broke it, and then fix it, right? And that was, I think that conversation was week three. And like I said, we're on week five now going on week six Hmm. so culture of mediocrity here what can you do you know is is the question at hand but unless you have final thoughts we're gonna leave it there because we're like way over time at this point oh no all right we'll wrap it there that'll do it for us you guys know where to find us anarchistexperience.com on telegram t.me slash anarchist experience or t.me slash the anarchist experience and if you would like it to contribute to this show financially you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Peace.